Rome Total War. Absolutely shit. I really enjoy those games. What but I am really shit. At Pull Rome the recording, Rob. <laughs> you didn't class class podcasting there, right there. Oh, remember the PS Vita? <laughs> Sony, Sony's had its bad times and we're just going to let them forget that. Keep it clean. Fuck. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Video Game Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jordan. We have Rob. Hello. Gary. What up? And Brendan. Hi. We are a group of gamers from the UK, and we love to talk about gaming news, and upcoming games, and old games, and even a waste of your time and money games. We hope you enjoy our podcast, and if you'd like to follow us, or ask us any questions, or give us themes and topics for discussion, please follow and tweet us at VGC underscore podcast. So, hi guys, how's it going? Not too bad. Doing alright, yeah. Whirling a bit. Good, good. So... Just to get us all started, <laughs> we've had a, we've had a few times of trying to do this intro, so uh, we're all a little bit giggly from laughing. Cool. So what are we doing today, Jordan? Well, so today we're going to just uh, have a little introduction about ourselves. So, uh, what we like to do, what sort of styles of games we play. Uh, I'm going to go from Rob. Rob, talk right. us a bit about yourself. All right. Well, hello. <laughs> I'm I do YouTube in my spare time with uh, Gary quite a lot of the time. I've taken a bit of a year off from that, really. It's just I was thoroughly bummed out by a whole bunch of choices YouTube made at the start of the year. But going to get back into that, I think, next year. Just really need to fucking find the effort. Oh, you have the effort, man. It's uh, motivation. That's the word I was looking for. But you definitely have the effort. You put in way more effort than most people. You. You too, my man. Yeah. I'm sure you somebody that's like a fairly new channel. Like, for all the Awesome vibes. Yeah. Yeah, very awesome. I mean, you've got to pick yourselves up now and then, haven't you? Yeah, you do. So what, what sort of games that do you normally play on your, your YouTube channel there, Rob? Well, I think, like, what seems to do the best for me, really, is, like, DayZ stuff. I've done, like, a lot of that just because, like, the situations you run into, you can sort of create a bit of a narrative around it, and they tend to do quite well. Either that or genuinely just little bullshit bug videos that just blow up and do far better than anything I've put the effort into. <laughs> oh, my God. The system's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and Gary, you want to go ahead and talk about your sort of styles of games and sure. plug your um, YouTube channel as well? Yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm also a YouTuber, not a, uh, a successful YouTuber, but uh, I do it more as a hobby than anything else. Uh, my kind of games that I play are ranging between kind of, it's, it's mainly silly games that I tend to play, but I do enjoy the hardcore ones as well, like Rob and I. For example, we play a lot of a game called Hunt Showdown, which oh, is a bit yeah. hardcore, which is amazing. Um, but the stuff that does well on my channel tends to be very short, very silly videos of uh, all of us fucking up, really, um, which I, I quite enjoy editing. It's really fun. Get no money from it, but, you know, it's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I've still got 60-something P sat in my AdWords account thing from Oh, man. My- yeah. Yeah. But I can't actually take it out now until I hit like 10,000 subs or something. So it's locked there. Hopefully it generates interest. That'd be nice. It'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Probably won't. No. <laughs> I, I mean, get interest. Uh, you, you will get there. But <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Good, good save, Gary. Good save. Thank you for uh, not just saving your own ass, but, you know, my feelings. 
I've got to pick you up to break you down immediately. Uh, Brendan, a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm not a YouTuber. I don't do anything on YouTube or Twitch or anything, but I have played games for pretty much most of my life. I play a wee bit of everything. Western RPG, stealth games, strategy games. Just play a wee bit of whatever looks interesting. And I've got nothing else to add there. I just play video games. That's why I'm here. Also, there was supposed to be free food. <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's not in the budget. Sorry, mate. That's a, that's, oh, a little bit about myself. We should probably do that as well. Uh, yeah, I, I've played games for a number of years. Uh, I started off on the old uh, Xbox and eventually moved over to the PC, Master Race, and all that jazz. Uh, I stream very in, infrequently on Twitch uh, when I get a chance and when my internet connection allows me. <laughs> Good old potato internet. Uh, yeah, we, I, I feel like we've all, we've all sort of bonded and engaged with each other. Uh, through Daisy and various survival games, other styles of games are sort of mainly sort of first-person shooters. Uh, heavily into the battle royale scene as that's popped up recently. Uh, what other stuff? Uh, Minecraft. Fucking love the shit out of Minecraft. Oh yeah, Minecraft. Could do that amazing. for days. Uh, it's where me and Brendan mainly sort of connected and powered over, <sighs> didn't we, Brendan? Yeah. Was, I, uh, I've actually lost count of the amount of time that we have actually spent playing on Minecraft. We have spent many lifetimes uh, playing Minecraft. Probably more days in actual Minecraft than in real lo- than like physical days there are in the world. <laughs> okay, I'm getting depressed. Let's move on. <laughs> right, so uh, just uh, other sort of things. So we're, we're sort of two sets of two guys that have sort of collided with each other. Oh, well, so the <laughs> not in that way. Fun. Come on, guys! But friendly podcast. <laughs> me and it's Brendan are, are, are online friends. We've never met in real life, Brendan, but we, we need to. Oh yeah. But uh, and we, me and it's, Gary it's go cards. all the way back to secondary school, we've, we've, uh, where we bonded over a dick joke, which cemented our friendship yeah. as the way it's going to go forward. Oh. oh. And we've been friends ever since. <laughs> yeah. Classic brilliant. comedy. Yeah, mm. and our tastes yeah. haven't changed. How many years has it been, Rob? We've we've been like friends for what, like it's a good fourteen years at this point, literally half our lives. Whereas me and Brendan, we met online through Facebook. Yeah, through the... I, we would have strangely enough, we met through a discussion group off the back of Metal Hammer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> magazine, nice. a music no, discussion no, no, group. No. Oh, it's come full circle. We met on a Metal Hammer podcast. Fan oh. group. Oh my god, that's right. Get and on now base. we're in a podcast together. Ooh. It was destined. Oh, spooky. So, <laughs> Rob, you've met Brendan in real life. Yes, I have, but we got to knowing each other through Twitter shitposting. Yes, yes, okay, that's true. And completely yeah. unrelated to video games in the most part. Yeah, just kept sort of bumping into each other and then just sort of clicked. And now mm. all we do is meet up and eat tons of food and regret it. <laughs> <laughs> He's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Geordie or Rob? Uh, Rob? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I've no. not known Geordie all that long, in all honesty. I'm confused as to why I'm doing this podcast with him. I don't know him. He could be anybody. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> So, the main topic for today's podcast is the best video games of the decade. 
from 2010 to where we are now uh, at the 20, end of 2019. There aren't many games uh, left to be released in the next... Uh, Ever. We're nearly out. We're nearly <laughs> done. They are nearly all finished. <laughs> two weeks. The mines are running dry. <laughs> cool. We are getting to the top 20 then of the VG247.com. Best video games of the decade. 2010 to 2020 ranked. Article. Article 20? Yes. So, you know, if you want to count... If you want to count... That's fantastic, yeah. mate. Well done. Yeah. Class, class podcasting there, right there. Yeah, you know what? This is the video games chat. It's not the maths chat. All right? Yeah, we'll have no judgment here. It's not the obvious point made, obviously, <laughs> podcast. Did, it could very well, well be. Where were those wholesome vibes when this started? You know, remember those back in the good old days in the early minutes of the podcast when everything was wholesome and friendly? Well, and the nice. early minutes of the podcast, which actually took us like <laughs> maybe nearly the hour of recording time that we've had. Yeah, but they're not going to know about that. Well, we've well, just, we just spilt the but fucking Brendan, beans, for them so. it's about 20 minutes. For us, it's, it's all about propaganda. 50. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> okay, so at number 20, we have Portal 2. So, who have we all played Portal 2? I mean, yeah, I loved it. Contender, Absolutely really, loved it. Portal 2, I'd say that is probably one of the best puzzle games I have played this year. Oh, 100%. Year. Did you say this year? <laughs> this year? Um, Sorry, this decade. <laughs> I mean, uh, you could have played <laughs> you know, it this no, year. And no I'm not shame in you only spot. playing it this year, although we did sound very yeah. judgy when we actually noticed you say that. <laughs> I left yes. it a bit late there, bud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As the game declined <laughs> 10 years. Hey guys, yeah. you checked out this little puzzler called Tetris? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's it's got it. It's got everything covered, really, doesn't it? It's got, like, obviously, Portal was incredibly fucking successful. You know, yeah. blew out of nowhere, really, didn't it? Like, and then Portal 2, the follow-up, obviously built on that a lot, and also had a decent co-op mode, which, you know, took the basic Portal format and just went, all right, how's about each one of you just shoots one portal and like um the the storyline certainly from my own perspective as a massive half-life fan i really like the way it built on all of that even though it was its own sort of puzzle game it wrapped itself into that storyline to have a plot to it and you got to see glados as a potato which is always a good thing danny irishman (laughs) always nice to have representation in video games (laughs) power to the people i do second that as a massive half-life fan i i like the lore that they expanded upon and the, the secret nuggets of information that you saw regarding um, Black Mesa, that yeah. was just amazing. Mm. Uh, and it, it's it's kind of, I, 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 I'm guessing that I'm going to speak for all four of us here and for most of the community, but Half-Life 3 is very much like hugely anticipated, probably because of all these things in, as well as obviously Half-Life 1 and 2 were so good. But these little nuggets of information uh, help. Yeah, Portal Two coupled with the end of Episode Two, Half Life. Um, yeah, just that's uh, what it, it, was push, it was pushing towards that whole we've got to find the Borealis thing because that just like disappeared and shit, didn't it? And Portal mm, War, yeah, and, you know they finally yeah. tracked it down and the Combine have like a massive interest in it and it was like, okay, let's go find it and then just fucking nothing. nothing. Yeah, but other yeah, than that, really good puzzler game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, in, in its own and the, right. The, hu- um, the sense of humour and things, just constantly yeah. just brilliant throughout. And the fact that you can send your friend flying through the air infinitely and then throw <laughs> them into a vat of water that kills them. Yeah. <laughs> Always enjoy that in any video game, really. So, uh, number 19, 
uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4, which came out in 2015. Really never played it. it. Yeah, I have zero fucking interest in Street Fighter, so for me... The last Street Fighter I played was on the SNES. I'm, wow, that, that's, that's quite far, but I used to play the Street Fighter on the PlayStation 2, I believe. But I never really got... Sense? I've never, I've never played the storyline. I used to just button mash. I used to never know the combos. I'm not going to lie. There's probably going to be one of our, one of my mates listening to this podcast. His name's Dan. Shout out to Dan. Dan, uh, Dan I love you. Plays Tekken and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. I have oh, no love for those games. I have no love for them. Uh, but I know there is a huge community of the arcade fighters that are like super hardcore about their the the combos and like the way you like can break and like it's, it's all like down to like the milliseconds of how yeah. long it takes to block and like jab and stuff like that and it's really really it's too technical for me it's something that I could never ever get competitive in because yeah. I, I just don't like, understand it the only thing that I can sort of relate that to is Mortal Kombat 11 which me, both me yeah. and Gary absolutely smashed And um, but fuck me trying to play online it is just people that have learnt timings of everything down to exactly as you said the fucking millisecond and they're impossible to beat it's all just framing isn't it like they they can tell the difference between every frame yeah even even the tutorials there's one later on where you have literally i think it's like two or three frames for one particular move that you're supposed to learn in this tutorial and it's i was trying to beat that one tutorial stage for about an hour and a half until i just gave up and played something else entirely because i was that frustrated <laughs> like they're yeah, fun I, they're I, fun games but Oh my god. I would say I'm more of a casual player of these types of games. Like Absolutely. you bring a couple of mates over, you are all pretty much on a level playing field. You one may have played a couple more games than others, but when you've got kind of average mates, it's kind of fun. I never played Mortal Kombat 11 online. I never. I I owned it. I've sunk about 70 hours into it, but I never played it online because I know that I cannot beat anyone online. Adam. And it would make you incredibly fucking salty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, yeah. I just wouldn't find it fun. Yeah, I managed to play. I managed to play a few rounds. I beat a couple of people in like the entire time I played online. But the rest of it, it was just sweaty tryhards and just wow. <laughs> it's not. It's not fun to play online. Like there was no like ranking system or anything in place right at the start, and you were thrown up against people who have clearly done nothing over the past few years than play every Mortal Kombat game like religiously. And it's just not enjoyable. Like there's no you- fun in that. There needs to be like an entirely separate, like casual fucking idiots and old people playlist where you can play yeah. against people <laughs> that don't know everything. You feel like there should definitely be some sort of MMR system in place where oh, absolutely. if you're if you're if you're playing online you get put up against someone who's just as much of a potato as you are at Oh absolutely. <laughs> the only problem with the MMR system is you've got to play up against people that are way better than you for a good few hours before you oh, get yeah. to that point. So at that point you've already got frustrated with it and decided never to play online again. Yeah. That's that sounds like a pretty good uh review of my experience of any fighter game as well yeah. <laughs> shout out to all the uh, ultra street fighter 4 fans who uh, just got a good <laughs> run through of the feelings of mortal kombat <laughs> and will never Stay- to yeah. if you're still here thank you um yes don't know why you're still here <laughs> gary you're Given trying to get we- people to live. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the next one up moving moving along we'll go up to number 18 number 18 i know is a, a favorite of uh Brendan, to oh, sure. yes. Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. Absolutely loved it. Have you guys played it? 
Oh yeah, I have it on my list. You've oh, only, uh, only, uh, seriously, the I've, first one and the second one are also both fantastic, and just ah, oh, just obviously the difficulty of it, the sort of you are able to approach in different ways. Obviously, it's all going to pan out slightly differently each time, depending yeah. on exactly what sort of time you go in. The, the soundtrack is incredible. The, the soundtrack is an understated really? element of it. It's the whole thing of this like high octane visceral experience of top down violence. And it's very gory, it's very fast-paced, and you've just got this pumping soundtrack in the background. And, I don't know, it just works perfectly. The whole thing drives the gameplay. So the I think thing- the... Uh, sorry. Oh, go on. You go. I'll go then. Fine. It's the, uh, <laughs> so the, I think it was when you were playing you were playing through this one, it might have been the second one that you played, when you played through that one, Brendan. You told me that this, the, the soundtrack was so good that even if I didn't play the game, I still needed to listen to the soundtrack. And I remember... It used to be my uh, getting to work playlist when I used to cycle to work, uh, when I used to work at the Apple Shop back in the day. Oh, my. Uh, well, like, the, the soundtrack thing, to really hammer that home, and obviously, like, there's a lot about the game itself and the storyline and the sort of thriller aspects of it that are brilliant, but focusing on the soundtrack, like, out of all the games I've played, Hotline Miami was the only one where I stopped and went... I'm pausing this for a second and I'm going to see if I can buy the soundtrack for this. And thankfully I could. So I did. Yeah. Just had that really gorgeous synth wavy, vapor wavy sort of soundtrack that sort of was just perfectly slotted into the zeitgeist that just sort of picked off around that same time. Exactly that. And like to focus on the gameplay itself, like it's, that top-down view is not common anymore. The only thing I could associate it with when I saw it pop up was like the original Grand Theft Auto game and stuff like that. And it sort of... I saw people suggest it as a sort of arcade shooter, and I had some doubts about it because I saw it was getting a bit of traction online and was wondering whether it was a sort of gimmicky thing, but then when I did play it, it was just wonderful. And the the game, or the storyline throughout the game is quite a good sort of psychological thriller that you don't really see coming. And they build on that for the second one as well. Like, the second one I don't think is on this list, but it's one of those things, if you play the first one, you have to play the second. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It even sort of started spawning off, um, like, a few clones and everything. There was one that was announced in, like, 2014 called, like, the Hong Kong Massacre or something, which was essentially Hotline Miami, but very heavily inspired by John Woo. And that has only just come out this year, and I complete, like it's completely passed me by. Like, I didn't yeah. know that it was out. I've literally just Googled it. It'd be like going, is that even out yet? And yeah, it was released this year. It sort of average reviews of about a seven. But I was really looking forward to that at the time when Hotline Miami yeah. 1 came out and they announced that. And I was like, sweet, can't wait for that. Short it's game. very it's, pick up and play. Maybe it's it, it definitely not one of those games that like, where it is that top down style. It's, it's not like it's going to age. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's styled it's, it's, so well. It's styled, yeah. yeah. The, the gunplay is done so well. I should I should note actually, um, it's not just gunplay. Like when I said there's viscera involved in this, you can go into a room full of like 15 guys and pick up a pull cue and wing it across the room to take down the guy who has a knife in his hand. <laughs> and from there, just build up a chain of various weapons to take down a huge amount of people. And um, it's sort of the music's blasting away as you're doing all this. And then when the level's done, every single level, they do the same thing. They make you go back to the start and you have to traipse your way through this carpet of dismembered bodies. Just while there's this sort of pleasant soft vaporwave (laughs) playing in the background. That's right. Yeah, there's this soft sort of like it plays. It's a theme throughout the game where it is just this 
It's almost the buzzing in your head as you go. <laughs> also, I was trying to be as cool as Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heavily influenced by Drive. Real human being. Yeah. Uh, so next on the list, moving up to number 17, we've got Stardew Valley. It's another one that I know that oh, Brendan God. likes. That is still one that I'm actually yet to play. I know they've added a co-op mode, so... um. I might actually. Have I haven't to. even done that yet. Yeah, kind of I know rough. they've got it on the yeah. on the Switch, and I'm definitely uh, tempted to get it on the Switch. But I think Rob, we, we should uh, we should definitely a try a co-op, co-op of that. Play. Yeah. <laughs> what do you th- What did you think of it, Brandon? It's um oh, it's hard to describe. Like it's that sort of Harvest Moon answer that PC gaming needed. It, it it's like it's understated in a lot of ways. If you look at the screenshots and stuff like that, and you're used to the big AAA RPGs. You might go buy it. You may just think, you know, that's a bit aged. That's a bit simple looking to me. But it is a well-rounded farming simulator. And it's extremely comfy to play. It's got RPG elements. You've got things where you can build relationships with characters in the game. Eventually getting married at one stage. Decorate your house. Completely reshape your farm. If I remember correctly, it's done by a guy who, like, I think it was developed on the basic purpose of they wanted Harvest Moon on PC. And the dude built it himself. Like one guy built this game, and he built it well. He mm. built it really well. There's dungeon crawling in it as well. It's just I, I sunk a good amount of time into it. I'd launch up Steam if it wouldn't completely bugger my connection as it tries to download a load of updates. <laughs> but um, I've got a good amount of hours sunk into it, and it has been a very satisfying sort of RPG experience. And it's surprising how much pleasure you can get from just making jam for, you know, six days of your life. On number 16, which came out in 2016. Again, <laughs> not another, another one that I haven't actually played, although the Dark Souls formula has completely taken off, as we've noticed. We've got, like, Sekiro, mm. Shadows Die Twice, and things like that that are sort of aping the formula and building on it in their own way, and quite recently, uh, Star, Wars, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I played and completely fucking smashed in a very short amount of time, and it was really fucking good. Like, after... Well, after the last few years of EA holding the Star Wars license, you know, it was a welcome breath of fresh air from, you know, like Battlefront 2, which launched as a complete fucking shit show, and them only doing two games with the license over like a decade. And then, okay, here's Star Wars Fallen Order. And it's amazing. It's really fucking good. It's like a good Star Wars story on the first hand. Like, the gameplay is great. Like, I had that set on hard, and I was dying even right towards the end. It wasn't one that you sort of get into the complete flow of it, and you can fucking smash it. Like, it's still a challenge throughout the game, which is which is quite welcome. Like, a lot of games that I play at the moment, like, once you sort of get into the rhythm or get upgraded in certain ways, you are unstoppable, which in some games is quite a positive thing. You know, you are, like, you do feel like you've your characters develop like you are powerful and you are unstoppable but at the same time that challenge sort of tapers off yeah and dark souls very much like the gameplay that it establishes champions that like the idea i remember being introduced to it literally through 4chan because it was one of those games where they kept saying get good and the whole idea was that you know if you were a true gamer a hardcore gamer you're gonna play dark souls or demon souls and when i played it it is that sort of thing of it's quite daunting at first because like I was quite used to other RPGs where you just build up your gear to the point where you can go around tr- trouncing things. And Dark Souls is just you can work your way through levels. There's moments where like just standard mobs could kill you 
just by you rolling the wrong way. And then the bosses just get worse and worse and worse. So it is, it's a traumatizing experience. <laughs> I think for um, Dark Souls 3 was definitely like, it just improved on everything that had been done. I quite liked the vibe of Dark Souls 2 over 3. And I feel like 3 was where I sort of went, that's, that's all I want from this. Like that was very much once I had finished it, that was my complete experience of the Dark Souls gameplay that I wanted. Yeah, I, I personally, I don't find Dark Souls that appealing. Yeah. I don't have enough time in a day or even in my life to sit roll. down <laughs> and, and, and just literally run away. Just roll. Just, I, can't, I don't have time to play a boss fight for an hour plus. Like, fuck that. It's, it's not, to me, it's not enjoyable. Just and not accessible, essentially. I don't mind it not being accessible. I, I like games with a really steep learning curve, but yeah. I don't like games where it, like for me, Dark Souls is ridiculously difficult for no other reason than to be difficult. Um, mm. Same as Sekiro. They're, they're doing it for the hardcore gamers, which, you know, there is a market. I'm not that market, but yeah. I... I, I, if I wanted to, if I, if I had enough time in the world and uh, I actually like the look of Dark Souls, I would sit down, play it intensely and probably get quite good at it. But, you know, I like playing loads of different types of games. I don't want to just play mm. one game over and over and over again until I get good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want a game that feels like a chore. And I think that's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree with Gary. It's one of those ones where it's, I love the art style. Uh, I, I don't mind. I don't even enjoy. Uh, I even enjoy watching people playing Dark Souls. I don't know if this is just a, a sad part of me that enjoys watching other people fail over and over again. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to my friend Moat who streams all these all these styles of games, and I absolutely love trolling him when he streams on Twitch. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's just too much of a learning curve for me to actually even want to bother buying the game to play it. But then the whole Star Wars game is is going to change it for me because I know that I really want to play that game. And because it's Star Wars and anything with Star Wars branded over it, I'm going to fat that until like I can't no more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's fair. If, if they get a good balance on it, like that may be the benefit from it. Like Dark Souls, I'd say is somewhat pioneering. No, I may be wrong here. There may be a load of JRPGs that I'm just being unaware of, but in terms of my exposure to it, it's kind of unique in just how much of an absolute bastard of a game it is. Mm. And it's that sort of thing that could influence others where instead of just standard RPGs that you can sort of scale up through, you can hit that balance, that sort of thing where every single boss is quite a difficult fight, but doesn't take you five hours to master it. I think it, it it would be safe to say it's somewhat unique in this decade. Yeah. It, it harks back to, like, the Spectrum games. You know, I grew up on, on playing the Spectrum, and there were games on there which are fucking in, insane. You know, like you do not have a guide walking you through the game. You have to figure it out, like, figure it out by yourself. And I like that. I like games where you have to use your logic and you have to go, okay, well, I missed this 20 hours ago. <laughs> now I'm fucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, 
I, 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 there is a time and a place for that. Like, I don't want to play that every time. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why uh, so many games don't do that because it's it's not fun. Yeah. But it's mm. it, you know these the back in the day these games were built for 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 nerds. You know, like like us, like people, or not maybe not all of us, but like I would call myself a nerd. You know, full on. If I if I if I want to get something done in a video game and I really want to carry on smashing playing it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll play it, but I don't at the moment have too much time to do that. When I was younger, you know, any, anything goes. Yeah, well, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's one of those things. The whole Dark Souls franchise as well, as a, as a franchise, uh, I feel at number 16 is definitely a good place for that sort of style of game as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Moving up to number 15, we have uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was released in 2017. What a fantastic, fantastic game. I'm genuinely surprised it's 15. Uh, I was just saying I'm surprised that that's at 15. Yeah, I'd probably have it in the top 10, at least. I'd push it up there uh, as one of the best sort of RPG games I've played in a long time. Probably uh, Skyrim is probably next to... Sort of how good it is, like, but it is its own like game. It's not like a Skyrim clone of with a Zelda splashed over it. Yeah, it is yeah, a completely different game. Few games I can think of is actually making me want to get a Switch. Same. Yeah, it's what made me get a Switch in the first place. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that sold me on it's I I need to get one. Just I don't know when was the yeah. Metroid Prime announcement, which. <laughs> They literally just showed the title Metroid Prime 4 and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get a fucking Switch. (laughs) (laughs) There have been three games for me that every time it's come out, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to Switch. First was Zelda Breath of the Wild. Second was Mario Odyssey. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the third one, um, oh fuck, I can't remember what the third one was. Must have been good. (laughs) Pokemon? Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, Pokemon. Uh, it's just, yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, Sword and Shield. Um, and I still haven't got one. Uh, I, I, I feel like the more I put it off, the less games I'm going to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just when you do get one, you'll be stuck on what one to play. Yeah. It's definitely like, um, Switch Breath of the Wild is a must play on the Switch, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I love RPGs, definitely. so totally up well, for that. It's such, um, it's one of those things. And I've criticized this before, but Nintendo is a big fan of their oil rehash. They like to keep their classic series going over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. And it's what their entire business seems to be built on. But like as someone who grew up with the NES and SNES and remembers playing the original Zelda and stuff like that, something I really appreciate with these sorts of franchises is getting to see that evolution. And it's that thing of, you know, you had an in-house console for the original Legend of Zelda and now you've moved to a handheld console that has quite a huge role-playing game on it. Like, the map in it is gigantic. The gameplay has a good depth to it. The graphic style is bloody fantastic. Like It is a tour de force just for handheld gaming in terms of role-playing games. Yeah, the, yeah, the, Switch, the, the Switch has really made it, like... Sorry, sorry I was, was just saying, saying the Switch has, has really made, like, like, a shit ton of headway in, like gaming in general like the fact that you can now play 
Skyrim on the on the Switch. You can play Dark Souls on the Switch. It's just amazing how we've gone from having big fucking thousand pounds PC rigs <laughs> to now having a very small Game Boy esque Switch controller that you can hold in your hand and take take around the world with you. With all these like AAA titles on them now, and it is like. I remember the PS Vita. <laughs> oh, let's not talk oh. about that. You know, <laughs> remember the Wii U. Sony, Sony's had its bad times, and we're just gonna <laughs> let them forget that. I'm not gonna lie. It's, you it's, can it's, touch it's, the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fun uh. fact: during my during my day job, uh, I work quite well with our. Uh, our a senior technician where I work and uh, one of the guys uh, in our warehouse brought in a PS Vita into my uh, service technician and said do you reckon you could fix the battery on this for me <laughs> and he went he went how old is it he went I don't know I've had it since I was in primary school <laughs> God. oh just uh, PS Vita man yeah like oh. when it comes to the handheld Nintendo is king like Nintendo yeah. just yeah. has that shit locked down and Breath of the Wild is one of those ones where they show what they can do. Yeah. Cool, cool. Anything I've said on that, Rob? Did you want to... Nah, not really. I think we covered that. Oh, good. Cool. Well, the next one is at number 14, which is GTA Fung. Yes! One of the yes. best... <laughs> one of the best story-driven games in and my one of the best decade. online experiences I've ever really had, to be honest. I've pumped so much fucking time into GTA Online. Like, making my own missions and things and races and stuff. Like, eat night, there was one that did incredibly well that I'd made that was just a, a, a last team standing that was motorbike jousting. <laughs> yeah, you both started at opposite ends of the Sandy Shore runway. It was all lined off, so you couldn't actually get out of it. And you just had to charge at each other and try and shoot each other with sawn-off shotguns. Yeah, and it could it could be over incredibly fucking quickly, or it could end up taking like the full amount of time. And like the payout was really good, so people kept playing it. And I was like, yeah. But there was that all those options for just creating your own missions and death matches and things just added so much to that, which is sort of one of the things I do miss with Red Dead Two, but. That's not it's still early days. Later. Still is early days. Well, right, but but um, like GTA Five, I can definitely put a lot of my love for it into the single player. Like I've played Rockstar games since G. Well, like the original GTA One, I played. So even focusing oh, wow. on the GTA franchise, I played that on the PC, and I have followed it game through game. And GTA Five has just been. It's just every time they get better at what they're doing, Rockstar are just bloody incredible. And mm. the storyline system of three characters was inspired. Didn't see that coming whatsoever, and it worked really well. I I was invested in them. The storyline was well written. All of it was bloody brilliant. The driving is fantastic. The shooting is fantastic. The game feels great. The map is gigantic. God. Yes. Rockstar yeah. is just... Oh, love them. <laughs> Did you play uh, uh, GTA London? Oh, yes, of course. And, uh, uh, well, GTA 2 with the bloody laser limos. Oh, yeah. And so uh, going back to, like, the old top-down GTAs, I remember they released one on the DS, and I can't remember what it was called. Was it GTA Chinatown? Oh, yes, the Chinatown, Chinatown War setup. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I played that so much. That was such a good game because it reminded me 
of playing GTA One in London, and I loved yeah. it. Yeah, so because you get. I think they also introduced that for. I may be wrong on this. Actually, the you know the way they did Vice City stories and Liberty City stories. Yeah, and they were on the PSP originally when they came out, and that was one of the first multiplayer experiences for GTA. That oh, yeah. also tried to bring back that top-down option where you could play it like that, and it was sort of like at least they they remember their roots in that way, and it was good to see them sort of like evolving on from. Obviously, you had GTA San Andreas, which I would just count as like the pinnacle of the golden era of PlayStation Two gaming. And then they went into GTA 5, wasn't so, or GTA 4, wasn't so well received because they tried to do the more gritty approach, even though Liberty City was such a well-rounded city. <laughs> Big American titties! <laughs> but yeah, I, I, they, I they the tried comedy. to do gritty with that sort of ridiculous character. And mm. like, I do feel like GTA 4 wasn't as well received, even though it was a huge step forward. And I feel like GTA 5 embodies all the best aspects of the balance between those two it uses that euphoria engine for that like incredible physics system that they have you know mm. when gta 4 first came out i spent oh a God. ridiculous amount of time just driving down footpaths running people over <laughs> to see which way they would go flying and the same oh, applies grab, to grabbing onto the door handles <laughs> and things to try and get you when you just <laughs> Yeah, it's mind-blowing, and it's still mind-blowing. Like, GTA yeah. Five for that scale, you could do things like fly planes down into the middle of Los Santos, and when it crashed, the wing would come off and take someone off their feet. And, like, I don't I don't care how long I've been playing games. Stuff like that still makes me stop and go, whoa. I, I was quite disappointed they toned back, like, the uh, the actual physics of... From GTA 4 to GTA 5, like the yeah. euphoria where you could like shoot people in the hands and they'd like drop a gun and or shoot them in the leg mm. and they'd stumble and drop to the floor and couldn't walk. And then you go to GTA 5 and there's just none of that. It's really disappointing. I think that's very much just a scale thing but with how big the map is compared to the um, Liberty City map that they did for 4. I think they did scale back on some elements of it. Like it feels a bit more arcadey than GTA 4. But it works quite well, especially with the online thing. Like when it comes to the online, that arcadey feel sort of just balances quite nicely with the ridiculous scenarios of someone on a jet motorbike flying past. <laughs> I, I actually pr didn't find GTA 4 that fun. No, me neither. Every, like trying to go back and play it again to get myself hyped up for GTA 5, I couldn't make it past the opening hour. <laughs> well, no, that's just the the story. I mean, the story of five was was unique in in that you have three different storylines. I don't know if that's ever been done prior to that game in such a way where you can pull out your character and then move Up to another. another. Yeah, d it, in real time, more or less. Obviously, there's loading screens, but. Uh, oh god, are there loading screens? <laughs> well, yeah, but if anyone listening knows any other games that do exactly that prior to GTA Five, please yeah. let us know. I would like to. I would like to see XCOM Two. I've not played it. XCOM not really had any interest in it. I, I absolutely adore XCOM Two. That is genuinely that is on my fucking top five like for the year, like for the decade even, yeah. like. It's just such a fucking good formula. It's it's enjoyable. It's you and like ah oh, the changes they I made. Don't know if enjoyable is the right word. <laughs> well, yeah, it is really fucking enjoyable. <laughs> it is for me anyway. I enjoy like tactical R RTSs more than I enjoy 
like high big scale RTSs. Think like Rome Total War. Absolutely shit. I really enjoy those games. What but did you just I am really shit. At Pull Rome the recording, Rob. <laughs> I, I am shit at Rome Total oh, War. Okay, like, okay. I, okay. Because, you know, I can focus on like a battle or like a front in a whole war that I'm taking part of. But as soon as it comes to, oh yeah, shit, there's like these other like four fucking factions that are trying to kill me at this exact point in time and I just lose track. Whereas like a small scale tactical battlefield scenario like is really enjoyable yeah. working out like flanking routes and stuff and trying to sneak around like the stealth phase at the start of the mission before everything kicks off was quite unique as well. I quite enjoyed that. You know, you, they didn't know you were there all the time. So you could sort of prepare and then launch an ambush. Like... It's an insanely fun game, and like you could sort, you would sort of get like attached to your guys as well. And I remember, like, I did my like YouTube playthrough series thing, where I had a whole bunch of people send in details for like themselves, and I would make them the characters oh, yeah. in my campaign. And like, it had a horrible mission that just backfired horribly, and like, just everything that could have gone die. wrong went wrong. Yeah, I lost like <laughs> four guys in one match, and it was heartbreaking. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that's that's the sort of get the game where you genuinely have these characters and these players in your team that you've gone through like a whole campaign with, and then like. They they die. You can yeah. oh no oh like you really miss that. But then when you're playing Total War, you're like oh are you really gonna remember that set that of archers that you've been with like one of fifty <laughs> archers that you've paid for in that one unit? Yeah. Like no, you know what? Not- no no I I think this is where we split on this because I have played the Total War games religiously and like on Rome Total War there is a feature and it gets echoed in the later games as well where you can name your units. Oh, yeah. And it's always when you start first as the Romans with your Legio first Italica. That's always my prime one. That's the one that does the big battles. That's the one that goes and pushes Carthage into the goddamn sea. And when there's those moments when you get ambushed and some fucker kills that legion, oh my god, it hurts. <laughs> so that, that's, I don't know if it's necessarily enjoyable, XCOM, because I've only ever seen videos Rob of people screaming. playing it. I've seen your <laughs> playthrough as well, Rob. Yeah, yeah. It, there's salt. It's just pure salt. <laughs> it's, it's Would like you just be livid the entire time? Is that what you're trying to I, say? Well, I, I mean, you were. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I really enjoyed it, but fuck me. Yeah, when you lose people that you've upgraded, that you've taken for ages, it's not like, you know, a story game in that sense where, oh, these characters are going to die at a certain point in time, but, like, just, oh, yeah, I'm super prepared for this. I was not prepared for this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I guess that's, like, faster than light, isn't it? Because like, oh, yeah. I find that quite fun. But yeah. it's, it's and again, you get attached campaign. to your crew, don't you? You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah and then just much. suddenly, like, your pilot's killed by a fucking border or something, and you're like... Yeah. <gasps> or you like, miss, oh, like... No. He was three days from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> You've left the airlock open and everyone suffocates, and you're like, where the f- why are they dying? <laughs> and- I have never actually played an XCOM game and correct me if I'm wrong, is it is it turn-based? Like, it works on that sort of system of there's hexagons that you move characters over in that sort of setup? Yeah, pretty much. It's squares rather than hexagons, but the same point really stands. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, you get... Um, essentially, you get two, two... You can either move once and shoot, or yeah. sprint and do a double move to reposition sort of thing. 
But once you've done your turns, then it's all the the enemies' turns, and any more enemies that sort of wander into that, also that join the conflict at that point as well, then get a turn as well. And you're like, so you know, if you're able to sort of plan things out a little bit, but you do have to sort of think ahead if you do want to push forward during combat, because you might accidentally like plop into another pod of enemies and be like, ah, oh. cool. So moving on from that one up to number twelve, we've got Destiny Two. Ever played now, any of the Destiny games? Yeah, Destiny. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Fuck. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like Destiny Two is a PlayStation man's version of Borderlands. So, yeah. so I had a P- oh, well, I have a PS4. I bought Destiny One when it came out. I thought it was fucking amazing, and then it became very, very quickly a grind fest, and yeah. it was not fun. The premise of it was cool but that was about it once you've gone past yeah. the kind of planet exploration is basically halo and mm-hmm. not not a good representative it's not like obviously it's by bungie but it's not like it's not like halo that halo no. you can keep going back to halo 3 is a phenomenal game and destiny had the kind of charm of it but it had none of the replayability regardless of what people are going to say with oh well, they had all the raids and all the dungeons or whatever i don't give a fuck like that's just daily it's <laughs> daily chores it's it's not it's fun. just grinding it's just, yeah it's grinding for the sake the, the one thing that i am f- so angry about with with destiny was i got what was a legendary weapon and took me ages to work up to it they released their first patch like the first dlc that weapon was redundant there were yeah. non legendary mm. weapons which were better than my legendary weapon and i was like what what the fuck is this? What, Classic what? MMO problem. Bullshit. Yeah. It, it, and well, the same it, things happened with Destiny 2. Destiny 2 came out, and now it's free-to-play. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Destiny 2 uh, is free-to-play now. If it is free-to-play, I may check it out, just to see what it is like, because it has not interested me enough that I'd want to spend money on it. Sorry, you Bungie. Played- I know this is like your, your pride and joy, but... Ah, oh, you just <laughs> bore me. <laughs> Without playing Destiny 2 and only playing Destiny 1, I can tell you they do not deserve a place on 12 on this list. No. On this list. That's on this list. Yeah, I, but <laughs> there are so many better games in the past decade that deserve this spot more than Destiny 2. Borderlands and, 3 deserves this spot more than that, that does. Yeah, yeah. And I don't any, really any hear many people games. talking about Borderlands 3 anymore. It's like that sort of was forgotten as soon as it's come out. You know, it's not made people, an impact. People haven't, people haven't spoken about Borderlands 3 because it went out on Epic when it came out. Yeah. If, if yeah. Borderlands 3 came out on all platforms at the same time, a lot more people would have played it and they wouldn't have had to wait six months <laughs> for I, it to I come out I can vouch for this very heavily. One. I had no idea there was a Borderlands 3. And <laughs> the moment you said it came out on Epic, that explained everything. Yeah. yeah. Th- this is the, the thing, same. The De- Destiny to me is uh, is Division 2, or no, D- The Division in space. Yes, yeah. that's the vibe yeah. I got of it. Yeah. And, and it's the Division. I enjoyed The Division. It just sort of ended. Like, mm, do not story get started started. on The Division. Yeah. And at that point, tri- like, as soon as the story's over, I just had no fucking interest in the rest of it. Like, I cannot yeah. remember a single moment of Destiny. It was utterly forgettable. Ubisoft, <laughs> get your shit together. With, with mm. going back to Destiny One, they made it out that this like there was this huge world, 
And you could only go to what? Like three planets, I think, or three or four planets. And there was space for more. They showed two more planets in the original trailer that they cut and obviously put that behind a paywall after two or three DLCs or expansions or new games or whatever you want to call it. And it, it went, the end, there was no end. Like it just, <laughs> it wasn't even a cliffhanger. It, it just ended. The, 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 the original game just ended and there was nothing. It, it was the, the most anticlimactic like ending to a game I've ever played. Probably because... And moving realized- on to number 11. <laughs> 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 and moving on to number 11 after that anticlimactic ending. Uh, Titanfall 2, yes. This is definitely one of the best first-person shooters that has come out this decade. I've still yet if to play just- the story. I've only played the multiplayer when oh. there, was a, there was a beta. I didn't actually enjoy the multiplayer that much. I loved the first one. I absolutely adored the first Titanfall. But there was just something about the second one that just felt different and not quite right to me. But I've heard incredibly good things about the single player. I've watched the full single player campaign because I heard really good things, just didn't have the money mm-hmm. for it. And yeah, it's a fucking solid campaign. It's got like some decent little twists and gameplay like features and things that I really wasn't expecting. I thought it was going to be quite tacked on. But it for looks- a three year old for a three-year-old multiplayer game that is running on Origin, it still has a really good following, and the servers are still really good. Mm. Like it is, I know some people that still play it regularly to this day, and like oh, just the the, the mech gameplay, the the pilot gameplay, just for multiplayer is great. But the single player is just what everything that I wanted from the first games. As like oh, like why did we not have a f- why do they just bring out a multiplayer like mech game? Or do they not like tie this into a story? It'd be so easy if oh, if someone like Activision like COD was to pick this up, it'd be it'd be brilliant. But then obviously COD brought out Advanced Warfare, which is an absolute pile of dog shit, and we won't talk about it. But uh, Titanfall two and like was it was it respawn? I think yeah, yeah respawn. They fucking oh out of this world like Titanfall two. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not in my top five, but it's, 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 it's out there. It's top ten at least. So I didn't even know it came out. Like, I, I obviously now, um, after Apex, I heard of Titanfall 2. I didn't even hear of it. Yeah, it mm. didn't really have a particularly well-publicized launch, in all honesty, which really did set it back. Like, the first one was honestly fucking amazing. Like, the yeah. the way the multiplayer campaign thing works as well got a lot of flack, but I actually really like that system where mm. like you essentially played a single player campaign but it was mu- through multiplayer matches yeah yeah oh. like yeah and it was it was fucking unique and it worked really well like you know you got sort of both sides of the story like you had to, you did have to play it a couple of times to like as a campaign thing to actually get both sides of the story sort of thing yeah and but, understand the difference between like the three factions and stuff yeah. like that but it was but yeah, it was really Titanfall two when they Titanfall two when they actually put that story like into perspective for like it made number one feel like more of a like a complete game and obviously when when they brought out two and they brought out the multiplayer for that it also just made that a lot better and then the way they brought they've turned they've sort of jumped on the bandwagon of battle royale and they brought out Apex and Apex is using the same gunplay and the same sort of style of. Uh, the, the more boots on the ground sort of 
running and gunning rather than like wall climbing and mechs uh, and jetpacks and mechs and stuff like that. But it is the same sort of gunplay, which was really, really satisfying in Titanfall 2. Anyone have anything else to say about Titanfall 2 or we'll move on to the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so the next is number 10, which is Dishonored 2. came out in 2016. I have not played... I have not played Dishonored. I have not played Dishonored 2. But... Assassin-y stealth-based game, I assume? Quite like Thief? Yeah, it's got a kind of... um, It's a cross between Bioshock and Thief, I find, in the sort of vibe to it. And um, I've played Dishonored 1. Yeah. Like, you can obviously play it as just, I want to murder everybody, or you can still, like, yeah. Still yeah. take people alive. Well, it's, it's not even take them alive. It's, um, like, bounties or anything. It's, like, there's oh, alternative ways to get rid of them. Like, bribes and things like that that you can do. Like, oh, I found out about this from talking to this NPC over here about some dirty bullshit you've pulled. Like, let's, you know, fuck off and let's never speak of this again. Sort of thing. <laughs> Isn't there an achievement to not kill anyone? Yep. Or or not kill any of the main NPCs. Oh, uh, no. Sorry, the other way around. Not kill... Well, it, effect, it only affects the ending. The like, um, the first one, like, the good ending was if you didn't kill anybody, I think. Like, because again, like, with the first one, like, it affected, like, the state of the city and things. If you killed anybody, not just the, like, targets, but random enemies. Although I remember trying to do the first one as, like, a pacifist playthrough where I only knocked enemies out and stuff. And I not I punched one guard in the back of the head, and he crumbled, fell down some stairs, and broke his neck, and was immediately eaten by rats. And I was just like, "Oh shit! <laughs> oh, that's going to bite me in the ass." Oh, karma, no. Is one it- thing I did like is like when I had said there's sort of a Bioshock feel to it. It's that supernatural ability side of things, like yeah. the whole thing of being able to possess rats and fish and stuff like that is endlessly entertaining and allows you some like really unique ways to take people down. Would you say it is worthy of position 10? I like it's fun and the gameplay with Dishonored fundamentally is very decent gameplay and it's an interesting storyline. But it's not one of those games that I would keep going back to. No, it's like a very, it it's very much a case of yeah, play it once, and that's pretty much you done, really. You know, yeah. I mean, you could do like a lethal playthrough, non-lethal playthrough sort of thing, but other than that, you know, not really. Yeah, much yeah that's to go that's back you to forcing it. yourself to like you're making your own fun out of that. Yeah, mm. yeah, cool. So yeah, from what I've, what we've seen on this one, 2016 was quite a good year for games. Yeah, true. We've had quite a, quite a few 2016 games come up. Anyway, we're into the top into the top ten now, and uh, at number nine in 2010, merely nearly a full decade ago, Red Dead Redemption at number nine. Red How Dead are we Redemption. feeling? I fucking love that. Again, going off Brendan's earlier point with GTA Five, Rockstar do just fucking nail their single player campaigns. Like yes, that game hooked me from the get go, and I absolutely loved it. Like, for the time, that world was incredibly fucking detailed and just beautiful, and it just immersed you in a way that I hadn't actually felt for quite a while. And, um, yeah, yeah Red Dead 2's only improved on that. So. There's mm-hmm. a lot to be said for being able to just drag a person behind your horse and tell <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or tie somebody to I know, train um, tracks and wait. <laughs> I know this will uh, not be taken well by two of you and will be agreed on by one of you, but... Until Red Dead came out, I had never really sort of 
had a grasp with the cowboy theme. I so, never really enjoyed cowboy games or the whole like style. Gun. Nope, I never played Gun. I never played Call of Juarez or whatever that one is. That game that came out, which is like a Call of Duty cowboy game. Nope, never really had any of that. And then I, Red Dead Redemption came out and I played... Oh no, sorry, I played Red Dead when Red Dead uh, Undead oh, the zombie yeah. bit came out. I played, played the zombie one and I loved it so much that I went back and I did the whole campaign for Red Dead and yeah. Oh, the soundtrack and everything for that game though. Oh God, yes. It's something like they repeat this and I'm sure we will be discussing Red Dead 2 shortly if this is like <laughs> any other top 50 list. But like... um the moments that this is something Rockstar does well, they did it in GTA 5 as well, where um, Michael gets drugged by his son, spoiler alert, and he has a trip where he is falling through the sky while on acid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was so fun. They play that sort of like soft synth pop music in the background whilst he reflects on all his family problems and his inner (laughs) demons and like that's that quirky GTA version of it Red Dead Redemption had those moments where you know John Martian is riding back to finally see his family again after god knows how long they had been apart throughout the storyline and they just hit you with one of those wee bits you know it's no longer just generic western music it's a song starts playing and all the other sound drowns out and it's just something they're very good at hitting you with mm. also not to mention the fucking ending <laughs> yeah let's yeah let's leave that one in case yeah, in well, case someone hasn't played it yet yeah no we do, no we just rob no we, we're not no, we're not discussing. No, no, we're not, we can't do it. Yeah, we can't it's force not, that on him. It's been out for like nine fucking years, lads. That came out when I was... Let in... him enjoy it. Jesus. I, we can... I, I don't... know, the but thing we're is, a cocking podcast you... where we're supposed to talk about shit. Today, and I love that. So I, I'm the same as Geordie. I, when I was younger, when Red Dead 1 came out, I really, <laughs> I really <laughs> did not like uh, the premise of uh, a Western. I Hours. I, I, I thought it, it had been uh, done, done to, to death. death, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, there were so many films that came out in my youth that were like spaghetti westerns. Oh, yeah. There was a sort of western revival yeah. with like Free Tent to Yuma and all that shit. You know, I, I regret not playing Red Dead 1. I really do. I, I wish I'd told myself, just see past the, the, the setting... And take it for what it is. It's a rock star game. You'll fucking mm. love it. That's it. Well, I do disagree that it's top nine. Yeah, um, I feel like it should be. It should be a higher up in that list. Do you still not, think not, it would not be not higher in- up as in in between one and nine? <laughs> I mean, it should be lower down in the list. Yeah. As like a higher number. Yeah, do I you, think like think with Red Dead Two coming out, there are certain things where the prequels are fundamentally not going to be as good so they sort of deserve just be nudged down a wee bit not in a mean way yeah, just you yeah, know yeah. make space for other things you got two of them on there come on do you think that it's still worthy of top 20 oh absolutely yeah yeah okay that's good to know for the story alone and that's yep. a recurring point rockstar right, just we move on to number of stories yeah I, I think i think our comment on red dead uh two is definitely going to come back Oh well, yeah, yeah um, sure. I've got a lot to say about Red Dead. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it's number one for some of us on this list uh, on this podcast rather. 
Could be, could be. We'll leave that so the for whole, the, a surprise. The whole, th- the whole thing about Brendan saying, "Oh, the uh, the prequels are always going to be uh, a little bit lower on the list than the sequels." We got number eight, a Fallout Four, which came Ooh. out in 2015. Mm. So controversial. Fallout 4, yeah, I that is a controversial. So much. I love yep. Fallout. Um, yeah. I haven't played Vegas, unfortunately. Oh my I god! Loved, I know, Get I know. It. But again, you son of again, a bitch. Oh, again, you're fucked. Again, this goes back to uh, I was I didn't really want to play loads of games that were set in America and like uh, heavy America, yeah. like Vegas. Yeah, Vegas yeah. is super America, right? <laughs> so I was just like, "Fuck that!" I just want to just do my own thing and just I don't know. I, I went through a phase. Um, obviously, <laughs> if I played it now, if I played Vegas now, I don't mm. think I'd enjoy it because um, I think it's probably dated quite badly. But the 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 writing from what I've seen, like the storyline, looks incredible. Fallout Four, um, it was fun. It, it's yeah. entertaining. The, I would say the best yeah. gunplay in any fucking like Einstein, yeah, in mm. any Fallout title. But the fact or that they made you a voiced protagonist who they had their own sort of idea for what he's going to do, sort of thing, character-wise and everything, really limited the game. I think, like. Because again, yeah. like Fallout 4, you had that beauty of like being able to be a massive cunt if you wanted to. Fallout. Like straight off Fallout the bat. 3, not, yeah, Fallout 3, sorry. Yeah, you could like go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go blow up Megaton. Like, yeah. <laughs> just because yeah. I want a flat. I'm going to go do that. Whereas yeah. Fallout 4, you were pretty much confined, like your dickhead options were pretty much confined to just being a bit of a sarcastic bastard to people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because there was no know, real like meaning sent, behind yeah. the, the the decisions that they, you made. Yeah, they like, really toned down the uh, role playing aspect of the RPG. Yeah, which I, I if I'm playing an RPG, I want to play it so that I can fully immerse myself. If I want to yeah. be a cunt, I want to be a cunt. If I want to be like Mister Do Goody, Mister Goody, I'll do that. You can do a Goody yeah, Goody like, playthrough. You can do an asshole playthrough. But but like Rob, you and I play like quite a few RPGs, and you always play as like lawful good yeah. and I'm usually chaotic a neutral. bit more of an asshole yeah a bit more of an <laughs> asshole I will still have like my times where I want to be good but you know yeah. and I will Red have Dead my too, times I where I want to fuck somebody <laughs> over like yeah that's uh, but, you know it, it's how I, we get into our roles we're like you see an opportunity yeah. that works for our character no matter how shady that works for our character <laughs> so we're gonna do it. it exactly and although Fallout 4 looked amazing um the, I liked the addition of the base building and my favourite part that Bethesda added in was actually the scrap collection because I'm a hoarder um, yeah. and in Skyrim, I would hoard absolutely everything. You got fucking linen? Got it. You know? <laughs> She's wheels. Just go on around stealing yeah. everything he sees. Yeah. Literally. I would, Teaspoons. I would pick up fucking everything and I would I would literally go to a cave, pick up everything, go back to my, my place, put it away Mel or sell was it. was indescribable. And, and keep going backwards and forwards. It wasn't fun, but I just did it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not enjoying yeah, yeah, this I, at all, but I need yeah. to. It's a Let, let's put a pin in that one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Guys, I'm gonna guys, I'm gonna throw myself under a 
giant bus right now. It's going to be a fetish thing. And, uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Not at all, Brendan. I'm going to throw myself under the bus and say, I've never ever played a Fallout game before. Ooh. Oh my God, that's very interesting. You're and in a better position than Gary. We rather measured responses to that, actually. We were, oh, yeah. we were like, oh, that's unique. As opposed to, you, you what? <laughs> you have the opportunity hard. to play Fallout New Vegas first before you play Fallout 4. Gary is at a detriment here because he will be used to Fallout 4's great sort of gunplay and the way it feels and looks. And then he will go into Fallout New Vegas and just go, oh, this is very brown. I believe I tried to play Fallout 3 once uh, about maybe two years ago. And my computer physically can't play it because it's not old enough. <laughs> yeah, that's been a problem with Bethesda games on the whole for a very long time, yes. really. What's that? Your computer can handle 60, over 60 frames a second? Right, the physics engine is broken. Skyrim, yeah, I so remember the, the when whole, I bought my 144 hertz monitor. Started that game. Opening sequence. Ah, oh, finally, you're awake. And then my ho- <laughs> the, the horse rounds the corner. Like, the, cow- the cart flips upside down. The horse dies like <laughs> and i'm stuck there and nobody's saying anything it's all very awkward and i don't even thank get you todd hired my character yeah it just works <laughs> and uh, then fallout 4 comes around and uh yeah um every time i entered the terminal i got stuck because <laughs> wow it's over 60 frames per second so for some reason that's how this works now i've, I've compared i've seen videos comparing fallout 4 and new vegas yeah. and apparently new vegas is like it's like D&D in comparison to like a cartoon. Yeah, much, much deeper role playing. Exactly, which puts people off. And I can see why Fallout 4 uh, has dumbed itself down significantly. Yeah. Um, I Personally, I'd like to see a little bit more... RP back into the RPG. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. Not just... A Not just simulation. G. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, that only works in single player. I mean, to make a little point, bringing up another brilliant Rockstar game, Max Payne 3 online managed to actually make bullet time work in multiplayer. It was Locally, localized. Right? Yeah, like yeah. if you activated bullet time and you saw somebody or they saw you, time slowed down for you. Like if you were on the opposite side of the match and didn't see any of that going on, you were still playing around normally. Like it just worked and it handled really well. Like... So fair play to them. So I don't see why they couldn't activate something like that in bats if like they made like co-op Fallout 5. Where say you're off around the corner, like the enemies that I'm facing are slow motion, the enemies you're facing are still handling at normal time and you don't even know I'm in bats. Their engine probably can't handle it. Probably it's like not. Stuck together with fucking crazy glue. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Fallout 76. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yep. It's, like, it's like anything where you're trying to, like, fundamentally, you're trying to be creative. And that start of any sort of podcast or recording is the exact same as looking at a blank piece of paper and trying to write a first line. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Once you've got the actual topic, you can talk for fucking hours, which we are doing. Yeah. And I'm really happy we are. <laughs> Think again. I, I actually had a thought in the middle of all of that where as we were doing it, it was just like my brain was just going like, I fucking love video games. And if we weren't yeah. doing a podcast, I'd still be up for just sitting here going through a top 50. Well, the thing is, like, we we we, we kind of just do this and we have been doing this over Red Dead. It's yeah, just, we're we've normally just Dead. strangling someone while we're doing it. Yeah. So 
number seven, we've got... <laughs> and then number seven, we've got The Last of Us, which came out in 2013. Oh. Now, I think... Oh, that, you that feel sounds like a now? bad noise there, Rob. No, just one of those ones that I've not got to play because, again, I've been a filthy oh. PC nerd for so long. But it's one of those ones that oh. I've always really fucking wanted to play. It's, I rebought a PlayStation 4 in... Hold on. When did I start working with my company? In 2017. And in 2017, they brought out The Last of Us Remastered. Oh, yeah. I was thinking again. And I played through the remastered version of The Last of Us. Oh, it's such a beautiful game. It is so well. The storyline is fantastic. The different, like, types of zombies there are are terrifying and, like, brilliantly, like, made and they look garish and the whole landscape of it being sort of overrun like the ivy up the walls and like oh it's it's like it's everything i want in like a zombie survival game but Mm. it's more of a story-based game rather than like a pvp survival game cool i think it was um like i remember playing it in the playstation 3 and one of the things that stood out to me was the sort of Naughty Dog style covering system and third person shooting experience. Like, there's just something very specific about that game and how it felt for combat, for stealth, for everything else that it mm. did so right. Like, it just felt great to play that game. Yeah. I, even, I completely forgot it was a Naughty Dog game. Well, that's it. Like, um,. It sort of comes from the same heritage as the Uncharted games. Like, they established yeah. a very good system of, like, for that generation of gaming, actually, that console generation, that's where I'd associate that covering system with that sort of third person movement. Mm. It's Almost sort like of from of Naughty Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, moving on from number seven, we have number six, another game that I have exclusively, like, sort of. Bought my PlayStation 4. Four. God of War came out in 2018, last year. Never played, Never played it. Me neither. It's on console, oh. isn't it? Yeah. It's so good. You yeah. don't have a PlayStation 4, Brendan? It's a PS4 console in though. this economy? I thought you had a PlayStation 4. Oh. I got a PlayStation 4. Mate. I waited the year for Red Dead 2 to come out because I didn't want to spend oh, yeah. all that money on a console for Oh, see, I, I bought a PlayStation 4 for Red Dead <laughs> to play the story. I should be fair here. I was also tempted to get a PlayStation 4 for Little Big Planet 3 mm. <laughs> yeah. of Little Big Planet, <laughs> but I didn't. But no, I resisted. I, God of War, fantastic game. I, I, do, I have a PlayStation and I... I don't know. I just never saw the appeal to God of War. I know people have said it's one of the most amazing games ever, but for me personally, I didn't see the appeal. I don't know why. I played the older ones, like um, God of War 2 and so on and so forth with Mm. the earlier versions of the franchise. And I remember them being incredible games, like the scale of the bosses and everything else. The whole idea of fighting mythological monsters was done so well. The combat had a great sort of I don't know, like chain combo attacks and stuff like that, which made you feel really powerful. Like you felt like a looks into camera god of war. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he I did assume it. he said the jo- title. <laughs> Jordan can feed back into this. I assume if you've played the previous ones, does this new one just sort of bring that to this generation? I think the last, the, the first of God of War I played was the only other God of War I played, which was the original God of War. Yeah. And just, oh, the. 
the way the game looks now in comparison to the original, like, <laughs> it blows your mind that they've done that. And just, I, oh, the, 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 the way that the characters, like, actions and attacks and, oh, so satisfying to just take out waves and waves of skeletons with your axe by throwing it across the room and then getting it to come straight back into your hand and then throwing it across the room again and then straight back. <laughs> oh, just endless hours of fun. So that was our top uh, 20 to 6 uh, on the uh, VG247.com ranked list for this decade. Um, tune in to our next podcast. Uh, we'll be going through the top five in that list uh, and our own personal top fives and a, uh, a few more extra uh, little bits of discussion. Uh, yeah, on uh, what, we, uh, what we decide for our own or maybe... Uh, some of our not so favourite games of the decade as well so uh, please uh, do follow us at the VGC or at VGC underscore podcast uh, if you do have any questions for us for any further episodes find us, thanks guys and we'll see you in the next oh you can find us uh, on Facebook at VGC underscore podcast uh, and you can also find us on the YouTube uh, at VGC podcast and what about we your personal you. stuff Jordy? if anybody wants to watch you on twitch oh if anyone wants to follow me on twitch i am uh Jordy Wiz on twitch.tv uh what about you guys i am rob, rob coxy on youtube r-o-b-c-o-x-x-y gary not r-o-b-c-o-c-k-s-y no gary definitely not that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you goddamn as son I, of a bitch <laughs> I kill you <laughs> um, as I am not a highly successful YouTuber um, you'll have to type my name in uh, I'm N-Dash E-N-D-A-S-H I've got an, a big red N for my picture it is not the Spongebob one do not follow that one please I want more I want more subs Please. We'll get you one day, SpongeBob and SpongeBob. I think he's. And Brendan, where will people find you, Brendan? Um, you can't. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And please watch the next episode where we will explain our top five of our, of our own games that we like of this decade. Before we all forget, don't forget to. If you're listening to this on iTunes or whatever, if we're on iTunes, I don't know, Geordie, you're going to have to get on that. Leave us a rating. Yeah, we'll help us oh, out. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Obviously, a good one. Like, yeah, not a shit one. If you if you're gonna leave <laughs> us like a one star, you can just fuck off. Uh, right, okay, <laughs> we'll fade it. We'll fade it. We'll fade it off from there. Yeah. <laughs>